Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast is recorded and presented in stereo. Listening to it through an environment such as headphones is highly recommended. Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK podcast is proudly sponsored by CDS Print and Design. For printed t-shirts, hoodies, canvases, coasters, placemats, stickers, banners, signage and much, much more, contact Colin or Debbie at CDS Print and Design through Facebook Instagram or email at cdsprintanddesign at gmail.com. With high quality products at competitive prices, what have you got to lose? We're currently asking you, the listeners, for your ghost stories and paranormal experiences for a set of listener episodes. Wherever you live in the world, if you've had an experience, then please email the show with full details of your story to Haunted UK Podcast at hotmail.com. The United Kingdom has hundreds of beautiful, picturesque villages which, every year, are pitched against each other for a number of awards and honours. But there's one particular village which, in 1989, was given a title which no other village will ever have. It's this village which is the subject of this episode. Welcome to Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK Podcast. Episode 3 of Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK Podcast. And this week, we'll be taking a journey around Britain's most haunted village, Pluckley. The village of Pluckley is situated in the county of Kent, in the southeast of England. Its roots can be traced as far back as 1086 and was even mentioned in the Doomsday Book, coincidentally, on page 13. In the 14th century, Pluckley's population had grown quite significantly until the bubonic plague, otherwise known as the Black Death, completely crushed its numbers. The Daring family had quite a large influence on the village, to the extent that during the English Civil War, Lord Daring escaped Oliver Cromwell's forces by jumping through a window with a rounded top. So enthralled was the Lord by its shape, he commissioned all of the windows in his newly rebuilt estate, Surrender Manor, to resemble this specific window. Even though the manor is no longer there, as it burned down in the early 1950s, you can still see evidence of this particular shape window, as many of the village's older houses and buildings still have them. Being a pretty and picturesque village, it's made numerous appearances on television, including programs like The Darling Buds of May and even Top Gear. Televised ghost hunts and investigations have also taken place in Pluckley, 
most notably Most Haunted and Sci-Fi Channel's Ghost Hunters International. The sheer number of ghosts and haunted places in Pluckley is astounding. Around 12 different ghosts have been seen by villagers and visitors alike over the years, and with haunted locations such as Fright Corner, Screaming Woods and Devil's Bush, it's clear that Pluckley can exhibit a much darker side than first thought. So, with so much to get through, let's make a start. Let's begin with the spectral apparition of a coach and horses. This particular ghost has been seen a number of times in different locations in the village. It takes a few different forms, sometimes its carriage being pulled by a single horse, other times there are two horses or even more. The single horse-drawn carriage was seen by a witness heading towards the village rectory, but the witness couldn't see if there was a passenger in the coach. The double horse-drawn carriage was part of a much more amazing sighting. Peggy Theobald and her husband had an experience that they will never forget. They had been in nearby Bethesden babysitting their grandchildren and their drive took them through Pluckley. The route there and back was a journey that they had made countless times previously, without any real incident at all. This would change that very night. After saying goodbye, they began their drive back home via Pluckley. According to Peggy, it was around midnight and a little foggy by the time that they had reached the crossroads known as Pluckley Pinnock. But as they approached the junction, Peggy's husband began to slow down. Something large and brightly lit was approaching them. Both Peggy and her husband stared in complete disbelief as a carriage being drawn by two horses rode past their car and disappeared into the darkness. Peggy recalls that, as with the previous sighting, she couldn't see anyone in the carriage, but the sight was so real it was bewildering. It just didn't make sense. As with many people who have had paranormal experiences, Peggy didn't really believe in any of the stories that came out of Pluckley, but after her sighting, her opinion changed dramatically. You would have thought that the ghost of a highwayman would really be intrinsically connected to the spectral coach and horses. These modes of transport were fair game for highway robbers hundreds of years ago, and Pluckley was on a main coaching route, but the highwayman is a completely different spirit. As with some historic ghost stories, the highwayman's background can be a little sketchy and blurred, but the tale goes something like this. In the 18th century, highwayman Richard Dubois, although this name has no traceable background, used to operate in the Pluckley area. His main haunt, no pun intended, was the woodlands around Fright Corner, but after one particular robbery, things didn't go according to plan. Local lawmen were ready for Richard Dubois, and after a lengthy chase over fields and through woodlands, he made his last stand against an old oak tree. In a furious, violent and bloody sword battle, Richard Dubois was run through by the lawman's sword and pinned to the oak tree. He died at that very spot, and this battle is said to be replayed to some witnesses. Is this another candidate to support the stone tape theory, perhaps? One of the most intriguing sightings of the highwayman happened to villager Bob Godden. After an evening out, he began his short walk home to his wife. 
Upon turning a corner and continuing his walk, he noticed a tall figure wearing a black cloak and riding boots. Bob stopped, rooted to the spot where he stood, and watched the apparition walk slowly across the road and then disappear into a hedge on the opposite side. Understandably, Bob panicked and quickly ran the rest of the journey home. Upon entering his house, Bob relayed the story to his wife and claimed that he was certain that he had just encountered the ghost of the highwayman. The Blacksmith's Arms is a haunted building with a long and colourful history. Originally a forge, dating back as far as the 16th century, it has been known as many names during its time as a public house, as well as a tea rooms. A Tudor maid has been seen many times in this building. She's always seen by the fireplace and appears so real that customers have mistaken her for a real person in costume. A cavalier soldier has also been seen in the blacksmith's arms, regularly wandering around the rooms upstairs. Many members of families who have run the pub have seen him and almost all have stated that he's very friendly and doesn't seem to want to cause any harm or distress at all. An amazing series of events happened when the blacksmith's arms was taken over by Gloria Atkins. She'd been looking for an opportunity to open a tea rooms and took the invitation to have a viewing of the property before making any decision. It was 1994 and Gloria arrived at the building late one evening to meet the agent who would show her around. Being dark, the viewing took place by candlelight and, as Gloria recalled, this gave the building a spooky atmosphere. This was also amplified by the fact that the pub had been closed for a while and had been boarded up. The viewing went well and, regardless of the work that was needed, Gloria decided to take the building on and set her sights on an opening date. Now, I have to point out before we carry on that Gloria, her family and her assistant, Lynn Patterson, had no idea about any of the ghosts connected to the building. Gloria and her daughter Estelle moved into the property and work began on converting the inn into a tea rooms. The new business was quite a success, but behind the scenes, strange events began to occur. On one occasion, Gloria recalls that she was with her assistant Lynn, sat in the kitchen around lunchtime. Her daughter Estelle had taken her baby out but had left the baby monitors switched on upstairs with the receiver plugged in downstairs in the kitchen. As Gloria and Lynn chatted away, they heard a loud banging noise coming from upstairs through the baby monitor. This was quickly followed by the distinct sound of heavy, loud footsteps. Lynn even commented that they thought someone had broken into the building and was wandering around. Both women cautiously made their way upstairs to the baby's room but there was nobody there, and the noises stopped. In another instance, Estelle was fast asleep one night when she woke up for no particular reason to a sight which she'll remember for the rest of her life. She sat up in bed, only to then cast her gaze on the dark, shadowy figure of a boy who Estelle claimed would have been around eight years old. This apparition stayed at the foot of her bed for a short time before melting away into the darkness. Gloria's dog also seemed to have an idea that all wasn't right with the building. It would always pick out the same corner of the kitchen ceiling and bark at something that nobody else could see. 
The dog also refused to go upstairs on its own. It seemed extremely nervous and skittish at the prospect of being taken up there and, when Gloria would finally get her dog to the upper floor, it would growl, bark and very often cower at the sight of something invisible. Moving on to another haunted building. The Black Horse Inn is also a building with a long history, as well as some amazing stories of the paranormal. Originally, the pub was a farmhouse with its own moat and dates back as early as the 14th century. It was then put into the hands of the bailiff, who managed the whole of the Daring family's estate. If you visit the pub or see photos of it, you'll notice that this is another building which still has the rounded Daring windows. This building and its spooky inhabitants have made life incredibly difficult for many of its landlords most of them hardly lasting a year before leaving. Its most prolific spirit is that of a poltergeist. This entity damaged heavy wooden furniture, moved objects such as keys and other items, and generally caused havoc. In 1997, landlady Laura Gambling took over the pub and on her very first Sunday, she was witness to an incident which would quickly become the norm. As she was drinking a cup of tea at the bar, she noticed that a glass on a high shelf was shaking. As she stared at it, she was stunned to see the glass then move and slide all the way to the end of the shelf, but then stop before reaching the edge. She also reported that cutlery would move itself from its storage dresser and rearrange itself on the side. There was also a spot in the kitchen which was similar to the one in the blacksmith's arms. Again, dogs would become visibly shaken when near this area of the kitchen and would always stop and bark at a seemingly invisible force. It's also an interesting fact that this pub was built on a ley line. Could this be a contributing factor to the number of ghosts in Pluckley? Another amazing ghostly sighting occurred outside the Black Horse Inn and this was also witnessed by more than one person. In November 2000, two friends who had been interested in the history and paranormal happenings of Pluckley decided to travel to the village and take a look around. After spending most of the day seeing the sights and soaking up the atmosphere, they were ready to return home. As they were sitting in their car, they noticed a curtain in the top middle window of the pub beginning to move. The friends decided to wait and see if they could get a glimpse of what was behind the curtain. After a while, the movement stopped, and the pair both looked away for a split second. Upon looking back, they were shocked to see the distinct figure of a young boy holding onto the now open window. They were almost hypnotically drawn to the fact that the boy looked incredibly pale with a, quote, dead look in his eyes, end quote. They also noticed that his hair was swept to the side and that he was wearing a Victorian-style checkered blazer with a white top. The friends were completely bewildered to the fact that nobody else who was walking around the area seemed to notice the boy, who apparently kept his gaze permanently fixed on the pair in the car. Even as they drove away, the boy continued to stare at them, never once looking away. The witnesses have never returned to the village, but felt that their sighting should be recorded for future reference. Opinion about Pluckley's ghosts and haunted buildings has caused a great divide in the village, with many locals believing that all of the incidents can either be explained or are complete fabrications and lies. 
Sometimes hundreds of people swarm to Pluckley on Halloween to go trawling around the village hunting for ghosts and spirits. This must surely become an annoyance to residents who simply want a quiet life. One of the more recent vicars, the Reverend Michael Higgs, shares these opinions and says that he feels that a few rumours of ghost stories were present in the village before World War I, but after this, the paranormal events and stories seem to gather a life of their own. He also feels that the tourist trade fed the stories and brought more sightseekers and ghost hunters to this once quiet hamlet. But what about all of the witnesses? What about the experiences of landlords and landladies, shop owners and village officials? In a complete switch of events, one parish priest from decades earlier held exorcisms around the village to rid the place of its paranormal residents. The Reverend Pittock must have been so taken in by the stories and experiences of members of his congregation that he felt compelled to act and do something. As we have already found out from the stories which have been told so far, the exorcisms haven't seemed to work as incidents continue to take place. Another ghost which has made many appearances, especially in a couple of locations, is the White Lady. She's said to be a member of the Daring family, extremely beautiful and a woman who unfortunately died quite young. The Daring family were so struck by her beauty that in order to preserve her body from the ravages of death, she was placed inside a number of lead-lined coffins which were made to fit one inside the other. All of them were sealed and then placed inside an oak casket. This was then interred into the family vault inside the South Chapel of St. Nicholas's Church. She was buried wearing a striking white gown with a single red rose. Her ghost has been seen wandering around the churchyard on misty evenings and also inside the church, kneeling down as if in prayer. Strange ghostly lights have also been seen inside the church, as well as knocking noises coming from the Daring family vault underground. A great story involving the setting of the church happened in the 1970s. A paranormal research group had managed to persuade the then parish priest, the Reverend Pittock, to lock them inside the church overnight. They had spent most of the day setting up camera and audio equipment with the hope of capturing any evidence at all of paranormal activity, but especially a glimpse of the White Lady. As night approached, the Reverend wished the group well and locked the door. The group waited, looking and listening for anything out of the ordinary. Hours passed with nothing happening at all. Sunrise came and a little while later the group heard the church door unlock and footsteps making their way towards them. The Reverend Pittock appeared and his gaze became fixed upon a team of paranormal investigators who looked completely shattered. After asking how the team had got on during their overnight vigil, they replied that they didn't get a single thing. No sounds, no photos, nothing and they also remarked that they felt the presence of the Reverend's dog running around and barking most of the night hampered their investigation. It wasn't until the Reverend informed the group that he didn't have a dog and that no dog was left inside the church did the team suddenly realise that they had indeed spent the night with a ghost. With all of the history which is present in Pluckley, it would be safe to assume 
that all of the ghosts and poltergeists which have taken up residence here would be deeply rooted in it. But this isn't the case for our last story. Taxi driver Raymond Breakspear had been picking up and dropping off all evening when he was given a last call to do in nearby Ashford. He made the pickup which was two women who'd been to a popular nightclub and began to take them home. The women chatted away about the evening's events and all was going well. This was around 2 o'clock in the morning, so traffic was quite light, especially around the country lanes. Raymond eventually reached his passenger's destination and they happily paid the fee and made their way into their homes. On the way back, he once again took his taxi through Pluckley. As he reached the village, he noticed a figure at the side of the road waving him down. This was a bonus for Raymond, as it was quite rare to get a return journey customer, and it was also around 2.45 to 3 o'clock in the morning, and the chances of this man getting a ride home was very slim. Raymond pulled his taxi over to the curbside and waited for his customer to get in. He saw the figure approach his car using his mirrors, and then the back door opened, the interior light came on, and then the car slightly rocked as the person sat down. The back door shut and the interior light went out. Raymond didn't take too much notice of the figure in the back. This was already a late night and he wanted to get his journey out of the way and get back home for some well-deserved sleep. After a few seconds of driving, Raymond began to speak to his passenger by saying something like, a bit late to be out tonight, where are we heading to? As he finished his sentence, he turned around to get a reply from his passenger, but was horrified and dumbfounded to see that the back of the car was completely empty. Where had this person gone? As Raymond tried to get his head around what had happened, he pulled over and got out of the car. He looked in both directions of the road but couldn't see anybody. He checked under the car. Again. Nothing. If the figure had opened the door to jump out of the moving vehicle, the interior light would have come on, the door would have made a noise, and it would have also stayed open. Had Raymond just become the first person to pick up a Pluckley Phantom Hitchhiker? This is another example, if all of the account is 100% true, of an experience which defies explanation. An experience which was incredibly personal, and which also altered the belief of the witness as far as paranormal activity is concerned. So, as we come to the end of our third episode, the question remains. Are all of these ghosts, hauntings, sightings and witnesses the product of overactive imaginations? Is all of this simply made up to put Pluckley on the paranormal map? Or are the villagers who push against these stories and legends trying to play down the extent of the happenings to try to get back to some sort of normality as far as the vision of idyllic country life is concerned? Pluckley is certainly a village which has its fair share of paranormal activity, with witnesses who will swear that their experiences are true and real. So, if one day you're near the village of Pluckley, why not take the time to pay it a visit? Take a walk around the churchyard, visit the shops and pubs. But remember to keep your wits about you, because the next person to have an experience could be you. Well, we've come to the end of the third episode of Pink Flamingo's Haunted UK Podcast. But before I go, I'd just like to make a few announcements. 
First off, thank you to all of you who have listened, and if you enjoyed the show, then please leave a five-star review. This will help the show tremendously. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Also, a huge thank you to the show sponsor, CDS Print and Design. Secondly, I'd like to give a shout out to a few podcasts which, if you're struggling to find interesting material to listen to, these will definitely quench your thirst. Wherever you download your podcasts from, try searching for the following. Astonishing Legends, The Strange Sessions, Haunted Housewives, The Mystery of Life Podcast, The Salty Speculation Podcast, Killing, Missing, Hidden, and from the Parcast Network, Unexplained Mysteries, Conspiracy Theories, Gone, and Extraterrestrial. Next, as stated at the start of the show, if you've had an experience or a sighting whilst visiting Pluckley, or anywhere else in the world for that matter, email the show at hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com. That's hauntedukpodcast at hotmail.com with full details of your encounter, and I will try my best to read out as many listener stories as possible in dedicated listener episodes. I would genuinely love to hear from you, so please, get in touch. Last of all, if you have a podcast that you need mixing, or if you need original music writing for your podcast, then please, get in touch via email to pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. That's pinkflamingo.musicproductions at hotmail.com. This podcast was recorded at Pink Flamingo Music Production Studio in Hales Owen in the West Midlands, England. For a full list of research sources that helped immensely with the content of this episode, please refer to the show notes. Thank you all so much again for listening, and we'll be back very soon with another episode. Until then, stay safe and take care.